brothers and sisters. We like to welcome you to the After Church Podcast. Thank you, Jesus. to the After Church Podcast with Josh and Drew. Hello. Um, it's just us two. We hope you had a good holiday. Yeah, Merry Christmas to everyone and yeah. soon to be a happy new year, 2019. Mm-hmm. Be prepared to uh, scratch out that 2018 and uh, do a very heavy nine over the eight. <laughs> on all your forms, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or a lot of things are digital now, right? Yeah. So, so that, I mean, it doesn't really change. But if you're in school, that's a big deal. Yeah. You have to date your papers. <laughs> I don't know. Christmas gets progressively less of a big deal for me over time. Yeah. Well, is that is that because of the times are shifting, or is it just that we're getting older? Well, I, I think it's just me getting older. <laughs> I really don't care about receiving gifts. Um, it, it's funny, and I actually did receive gifts that were that are actually cool. Like I got, um, I got an Xbox headset that I could finally use. Very nice. And I can, because my parents get annoyed when what I'm playing is louder than you know america's got talent or whatever crap tv <laughs> show they watch but um and so now it just goes straight through my headset and then yeah and then uh, they don't hear it but the trade-off is is they can scare me like nobody's business <laughs> they can sneak up on me which they love doing and uh scare the bejesus out of me um and so that was like basically the gift i got um what, what else did i get my, my brother-in-law got me a fanny pack as a joke. <laughs> and um, Believe it or not, the fanny pack is, like, in. Coming back. Yeah. They're, like, yeah. that was one of the bigger um, Christmas gifts I heard this year for some reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not particularly for men, but. Yeah. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe men do want fanny packs. Um, <laughs> you do you, bro. <laughs> um, I got gift cards, too. I don't know, but really the main thing is my parents just gave me cash, which I'm, <laughs> I'm going to deposit into the bank today. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just going to like pay off my credit card and <laughs> try to <laughs> get a chunk of my line of credit out of the way. And so, yeah, so I use my Christmas money to pay off debt. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. 
that just conjures up that song for me, that Where Are You Christmas song. <laughs> it's like, now it's just replaced with, like, just give me money. I need to pay off my debt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Just give me money, and then I'll buy my own things. Yeah. Um, although it is nice to have people give you stuff, and they're actually thinking, oh, what would what would he like? Oh, you know what? I think he's going to like this. And then, and then I'm surprised by like something that they would give me. It's not something I asked for per yeah. se, you know, that's such a huge pressure though. Cause like, yeah, even the people you love, I don't think you could 100% like get into their brain and really interpret something that they would really, really genuinely love. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause that's part of the stress that I had throughout the holidays. It was like thinking of every possible gift that I can give my loved ones. And it's like, the easiest thing is just to be like gift cards and cash, because <laughs> who rejects that? Right. Yeah. My my problem is I forget I have gift cards, and like I had, there was a stretcher I had to purge my wallet of all the gift cards I received over the years, <laughs> all of them unused and expired. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry guys, <laughs> have you ever given me a gift card? I apologize. It seems like a huge like loophole for these companies. Like, why do they expire? It's just as good as cash. Like, when did mm -hmm. society or whenever this happened, this phenomenon of gift cards that you know you're just exchanging cash for the right to purchase something at one place exclusively? Mm -hmm. Seems like cash is the better option. Yeah, it, it just is. It's like, oh, I know he or, eats uh, at Chick Fil A, so. You know, I accept. Um, <laughs> you forgot to remind yourself. Oh, <laughs> dang it! <laughs> oh. um, hey, I'll accept Bitcoin for Christmas. Hey, you know what? That ain't bad. Um, that's kind of like. Well, no, I think it's more stable than the lottery. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, you know, it's giving people scratch-offs for Christmas. It's one of those things you buy and then you just wait twenty yeah. years. And Hope it goes back up. Um, Just gives you anxiety every year to look at your, uh, look at the value of Bitcoin jumping up and down. Yeah. It, well, I mean, I was going to get into this anyways, but since we're here, uh, I started reading a book on investment because uh -huh. that's something I'm going to try to do um, like next year, like try to put money away, but then also try to, build my wealth what what little wealth i have yeah. and then just try to turn money into more money and so now i'm like looking into stocks and stuff mm -hmm. like that and um the, the thing people don't realize is the only way you're really going to get the better way to alleviate your risk of just losing all of your money is to just sit and wait and be patient yeah and uh you can't really go into stocks um, if you have a like if you have a temperament that freaks out every time the graph is going down, mm -hmm. and then when you see the graph going down, it's like oh, oh, oh don't want to lose any more money. I have to sell. That's not the right attitude to have. You have to just stick it out. Yeah. And you have to. It's for the long term. A lot of people try to, um, you know, speculate and basically just try to buy in and buy uh, and sell when they think stuff is going to happen and you're just going to lose money 
when you're doing things in the short term. Yeah. Um, the book I'm reading is actually incredibly difficult to read. It hurts my brain, but my bank account hurts worse. So I <laughs> you push through. I have to push through. Yeah. It's called the Intelligent Investor. Oh, yeah. As opposed to last year's non-intelligent investor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's actually an old book, and it was written by Warren Buffett's mentor. Um, oh wow! A guy named Benjamin Graham. So how old is Warren Buffett? Because yeah, this his was, mentor could have possibly been like a lot of this was written in the fifties or sixties. Okay, I went further back. <laughs> Did you say Benjamin Franklin was his mentor? <laughs> that dude is old. Yeah. Yeah, Warren Buffett. So that's one of the things I'm trying to do. He got surpassed though just recently, I think, by uh, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Jeff Bezos got to his wealth a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering everything he's done, but that's a whole entirely different subject. I don't know if you ever looked into like uh, uh, some of Amazon's business practices and what led to their success. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are starting to talk about it in a negative light. Um, well, the fact that they outsource uh, manufacturing to you know impoverished countries. Oh yeah, like the, there's there's a uh, scandal about you know the working conditions in a factory mm-hmm. rent the warehouse yeah um, well for them to stay competitive against you know department stores like Walmart obviously the biggest competitor they have to undercut wages mm-hmm. I mean because obviously Walmart was under pressure for that several years ago yeah and so now Walmart that's its disadvantage because Jeff Bezos doesn't really care. I mean, I don't know if it's ultimately his decision, you know, if it's not just like some corporate amalgamation of people's decisions, but, you know, that's how you win the game is if you can pay less, then the consumer is going to obviously choose your product more often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but I I, I like, I've kind of enjoyed the whole stocks thing and, and doing research on it. Yeah, because uh, there's kind of two ways of going about it. Where one way is like the aggressive way, where um, you're actively doing the research, you're reading earnings reports of the companies you're thinking about investing in. Mm-hmm. Um, you you are well knowledge in it, and that's sort of the aggressive way, and you're pretty much in control of everything. And then there's the passive way where you just put money into a mutual fund and and set up some sort of thing where it takes out a certain percentage um, out of your bank every month and it's money you never see yeah. and you don't worry about it. You know, you just, it's in the ether somewhere. Yeah. And uh, so hopefully you'll reap something good for you. Yeah, and somebody else is managing, somebody else is investing your money, you know, that has the knowledge and that has all the data and stuff like that and understands what's going on. That's probably the vast majority of investors now. Yeah. Uh, but what you get is you get people who just want to invest but are not putting in the research. They're just looking at graphs and looking at prices. Like, oh, that looks yeah. cool. Yeah that, yeah. that company sounds great. Yeah. Put like, you know, 1200 on that guy. That's where you get into like penny stocks and all that stuff. Yeah, have you heard of that? Um, that 
startup company. I don't know how big they are now, but they're like a, uh, an app uh, called Acorn. And basically they just take the, um, like they round off all your purchases, um, your digital purchases, and then they take the, um, the sense off all your purchases and compile it to a certain value that you, you set. Mm-hmm. And then they start investing that on your behalf. So it's like you don't even have to consciously think about it. They just like, mm-hmm. you know, every purchase you make, they take a cut of it and then start investing in it. The app that I use for the stocks is Robinhood. Uh, a good friend of mine, Olivier, you know him? Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, showed me it. And uh, now I'm like into it. And so not to get into a conversation just about like stocks and all that stuff, but that's sort of like one of the things that I'm trying to I'm trying, I need to manage my finances. That's one of the biggest um, things that people say every year when it comes to resolutions, since you know we're probably going to be talking about the New Year's, yeah. um, is the financial aspect of it. But you know what most people actually say is that they want to um, save more. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge sentiment across the board for most Americans is that they don't even save very often. Yeah, and then by the time... Black Friday comes around, saving is out the window. It's yeah. all about spending because you want to have the good gifts. You know? Yeah. And I really had trouble with that during, um, especially this Black Friday. Because um, all, all the, the my coworkers and stuff, they're constantly searching out. Like It's become this whole strategic thing. Every time Black Friday comes along, everyone's pulling out all those ads and you know, making their um, their their lists or compilations of like where you need to go, what specific items are actually valuable, and it's like it's so nauseating, um, all for like a waffle maker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is it really worth it? Um, but I mean, I think we've kind of been drummed up into this. Yeah, and and particularly this year, I felt kind of bad because I just couldn't afford to do anything. I can't afford to buy anything for anybody. Um, And like everybody pretty much understands, my my family members, (laughs) Um, just I'm kind of in a stage of my life where I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying to grind. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get out of this stage of my life. I'm I'm in the mountain. I'm I'm climbing the mountain basically. I can't think of any other metaphors to describe where I'm at, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I've just started lift driving on the side. Um, cool. I'm looking at different career options. Um, I applied for a, a law firm job where it's pretty much entry level, but it'll get my foot in the door when it comes to the legal field because I've considered going to law school, um, but I would like to experience it firsthand, experience what the legal field is. Where's the your toe in the water? Yeah. Um, I'm doing private pilot license, as I've mentioned before. Uh, man, I've, I've spread myself pretty thin this year. <laughs> um, recording podcasts. Yeah, recording <laughs> podcasts. Um, Doing more them. things in the music department at the church, mm-hmm. um, Sunday school, 
just a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I really do... I do think I function better uh, when I'm doing a lot um, because I really made an effort to get myself out of the house and out of just moping around and out of complacency. And now I'm like keeping myself really busy and I'm trying to find that, uh, that sort of Goldilocks zone, not too stressed out, uh, but not too um, relaxed. Mm-hmm. Where I'm pushing myself a little bit, I'm right at the, I'm right at my limitation, and uh, and that I feel like, I feel like I've pretty much gotten there over the course of this year, where I'm like doing a ton of stuff and I am busting my rear, trying to pay for everything. Yeah. Um, I'm busting my rear and pilot license. Um, I'm trying to establish what I'm going to do in ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so many of us, especially at our age demographic, um, we're like in a rush to go for comfort. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are trying to do the math, like as soon as they get into their 20s, as to what A, B, and C do I need to do so that when I'm 20, you know, 6 or 27, it's all just smooth sailing from there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the most common route, like at least we've been preached to for several years, is just like straight up, you know, get a degree and, you know, get that job at some big corporate position yeah. and then you're set, you know. And then um, when people realize that it's not that that formula doesn't always work mm-hmm. or that maybe you're not entirely satisfied with that formula, it's like, okay, well, what do you do next? Um, and I think our, our generation isn't uh, accustomed to putting themselves in that in- uncomfortable position to say, okay, well, um, what do I want? And explore all the different alternatives the world has. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it's a, it really is an uncomfortable position. Mm-hmm. And, and this year it was very anxiety-inducing because I was not living up to the ideal scenario that I wanted to be in. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to pick a career, get there, do it. You know, I never. For me, I always thought people who didn't know what they're doing, and it seemed like um, they were just lost. You know, I I, I consider them losers. And then I, I said this at church when I spoke, uh, how I, I viewed people that were unsure, unsure and uncertain of what they're going to do with their lives as losers. And then now this year, I've been put, I find myself in a position where I don't know what I'm going to do. And so now I've become that loser. And, and a lot of people are like, oh, you're not a loser, Josh. I was like, well, that's not what I do mean i'm just saying like my mindset has completely shifted shifted um and like i realize even though that i'm 24 i still got a big chunk of my life ahead of me i'm still i just refuse to be that guy that just doesn't do anything you know yeah i'm out here trying stuff you know and sure my risk of failing at stuff increases the more i try 
try stuff. Um, but I'm willing to go out there and spread myself thin a little bit, overextend, because I'm just really, you know, I'm kind of tired of where I am. Yeah. Frankly, but. Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's what helps to differentiate a, a lot of people nowadays, or at least in our generation, is that there are those that settle in into it's like this this realization that we come to as you're adulting, quote unquote, right? Mm -hmm. They're like trademarked in our uh, in the millennial generation, but. Um, you know, you settle and then you realize that, you know, the dreams that you set out for yourself or that was preached to you uh, for your adulthood, you, you finally get to that, your, that place and you're not like, oh, I'm supposed to be this and I'm supposed to be like, you know, this accomplished mm -hmm. businessman or, or whatever your dream may have been, you know, and it's not, doesn't facilitate that. And you're like, well, what do you do now? And, I think a lot of people will, I think we have a lot of support that will kind of just like comfort us and like, you're fine, you know, it's okay. It's, and even so, you know, society will tell us like, you need to give yourself a break and, you know, don't stress so much about that. And, you know, I think it's, it's good to push yourself a little further yes. and make yourself spread out a bit thin, like you said, because, I'd rather look back, at least in my personal opinion, look back on my life and say, you know, when I was in that slump or when I, when I was in that little, that area where I didn't quite know what I wanted to do with my life, that I at least tried, that I pushed something. And that I, you know, if you equate it to a physical analogy, you know, and this is something I am doing for mentally for my New Year's resolution, which was my 2018 resolution, mm -hmm. was to be healthier, right? Yeah. Like you don't want to look back on your life and say that, you know, the healthiest parts of you, your life were, um, were squandered, you know, because you weren't willing to push yourself mm -hmm. to get to the gym, you know what I mean? To go yeah. out and run and jog. And so that's the way in simplest terms, I, I equate, you know, spreading ourselves thin a little bit and pushing in different areas. I felt like this year, um, the beginning of this year, I was going to the gym pretty routinely, and then as I started taking on different commitments, I found myself going to the gym less. But I think what I did do was I, I, I took I tried to take care of my mental health as much as possible, too. And uh, one of the things that I have to do um, to keep myself from being depressed is 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 uh, taking challenges mm -hmm. and uh and because the challenges give you a reason to get up out of the bed you know and, and that that's what pilot was for me um and that's what it still is for me um you know i've challenged my mind by trying to read more books mm -hmm. um, and just the fact that I'm out, I've been out of the house more just these last couple of months have done wonders. Um, I'm not because my normal full time job, uh, I don't have an office, and so I would normally work at home, and that was just not good. 
Mm-hmm. So now I work out and about. Um, and, and so that's helped me. Uh, with Lyft driving, I've met new people. I've, I, I enjoy that, actually. Um, now, the first day where I did it was definitely pretty strange. That was kind of a... Slowing people in your car. Yeah, that was... Yeah, that was a uh, definitely a transition. But uh, San Antonio d- to me doesn't seem like a very big um, like ride sharing uh, city. Well, it is. It's it's heavier on the Uber, um, but Lyft is growing. I guess Lyft is more prevalent in other places, and then I guess yeah. many people have told me that they prefer Lyft over Uber, anyways. Um, but yeah, like the first night I drove for Lyft, I'm pretty sure I took a weed dealer to a customer. <laughs> and boy, I was freaked out. Um, There's just so many signs and I was just like trying to drop them off. And I'm like, and then he wanted me to take him somewhere else. So I'm like, crap. Um, <laughs> I was like, what am I, I don't want to say no. <laughs> And like the whole time I'm in the car and he's actually not doing anything hostile or anything, but I'm just like, what if he's like leading me into like a trap and I'm going to get robbed or something? (laughs) They do uh, that to Lyft drivers? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, My mom actually called me and and then I kind of just talked to her briefly. Yeah, I'm going to ride. I'm actually at uh, Zarzamora (laughs) North. Um, yeah. right in front of the, you know, really trying to give her my <laughs> location in case I turn my GPS time. tracking on. So you might want to check your phone real quick and see where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like if that was the last time she heard from me, like they know where I was the last heard from. Yeah. But, uh, that was, that was scary. That was scary. And, uh, but I haven't had a ride like that since everything has been normal. Since then, yeah. So just the weed dealer. Just the guy, dude. The guy had two phones. Like he he dropped a phone. I was like, I thought you had. I thought you were texting your with your phone just now. And he was like, No, that was my other phone. I'm like, Oh my god, this this guy. <laughs> People have two phones. A lot of businesses use two. Not phones. this guy. <laughs> not this guy does not have a work phone. He has a burner phone. <laughs> It's like one of those flip phones. Or this guy was wearing sweats, had like a cigarette behind his ear. Good um, small business owner, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I, I take him to this spot, and then he's just talking to this girl, and then he comes back to my car, asks me for change for a 20, and I'm like, I don't have that. <laughs> yeah. just, You're just stereotyping. Right. At the, no, I'm not stereotyping. It's... I really tried not to stereotype. But what was his name when he when he came up with like Sweet G? No, the name was G-sauce. like no, the name was like uh, Carol or something like that because it was his mom. Oh, his or mom Cindy. called it was Cindy. Cindy. And then it was his mom's account, and so like I show up to the apartment complex, and some sketchy dude is coming out. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> did I just like show up to a trap? You know, I've watched too many TV shows. Yeah. He's like, open the trunk, and I just got to put all these bags of sugar. (laughs) You're like, why did you do air quotes, man? (laughs) 
Super uh, sketch. <laughs> but yeah, I've just been trying to keep myself busy. Yeah, man, well, that's good. And um, I hope that I could keep myself busy next year. And I really, really feel like 2019 is going to be the year where things start opening up for me. Um, I really do believe that. Um, also, man. I just need to... I thought about this, too. It's like I need to make myself husband material before I'm trying to look for a wife. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like... Focus on... Focus on myself. Before you find... Yeah. The wife. Because uh, I had to kind of really... You know, do some introspection. And That's interesting. Like, am I even date material? I know I'm not husband material. I still live with my parents... I, I don't have a stable career. Uh, like I'm not, I'm just not ready for that in that sense. Like I, maybe I can make it work. I don't know. Um, I think I'm smart enough to be able to figure it out, but I'm just not ready for that. Now in my date material, you know, I think if I dated for like a couple years, I could get there by the time. Yeah. The time things, but I've never even had a relationship that lasted more than. It's not. It's not <laughs> uh, I'm waiting with bated breath. But <laughs> am I even date dating material? Like personality, I think so. Like, mm. But I really don't have much money to spend on a girlfriend. <laughs> you want to put this out in the airways? <laughs> all, all the potential suitors hey, out dude. there. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're looking for someone who's honest, I'm your guy. But honesty, guys, right here. I'm just, but again, like I have to figure out, okay, how can I make myself better date material? Because I want to date, right? I'm like, dude, I've been like this past year has been like the loneliest time I've ever experienced, dude. But 2019 is it then, man? 2019 has to be it, man. That's so interesting though. I never hear people say it that way or that they, no one ever really looks introspectively. They always like it's. There's something wrong with, with the, somebody the dating else. pool. Yeah. yeah, it's like oh, it's just because you know San Antonio is just is not the not the place. Yeah, everyone says that. I mean, even like when you like, I'm not a big talk show watcher, but I mean, it seems to be the sentiment all the time. Whenever you see like you know, if you walk to like a coffee shop or mm-hmm. a waiting room, it's always talking about like how yeah. the other person is flawed. Yeah. I, and I realized, you know, maybe I need to just take more risks. Maybe there's people out there that are just waiting. Like, maybe I need to just put myself out there and, like, send that message when I, even though I think, oh, well, that's what losers do or or uh, they're not going to read it. Who says that? I, my anxiety says that, you know? like. Well, see, that's the thing. And, and you know what's interesting, too? I actually heard this the other day, that our generation is doing that less, that we – so I won't go into the specifics because it does get a little bit um, convoluted. Uh, well, a, a little explicit, I guess, oh, okay. as oh, to like yeah. the activities of millennials. Yeah, but yeah. like dating happens less often. And another thing people are also noting is that marriages are happening less often. Oh yeah. For our generation, and in fact, the trend has been ongoing for a long time in Japan. In Japan, it's like relationships are very, very. Few and far between stars, yeah. So it's like there's something that's shifted. I think it's not just you. I think mm-hmm. 
but I think um, that mentality that you just brought up is not very common. That like we don't look at ourselves often enough. No, there's always because a lot of people feel like they have to be like, well, I'm just going to be me, you know, and then they're going to like it or they're not just going to not or not. Nah, bro. <laughs> nah, you know, I'm just I'm just going to be me. I was like, no, nah, there is room for improvement. Yeah, all the time, and like, and that's and that's basically how I live my life. Like, okay, what areas of my life can I improve? Okay, what am I going to do to improve that? Okay. And then, so, and then I do stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, sure, I still live with mommy and daddy. Sure, I'm I'm not getting paid very much. I mean, I, I, I get paid enough for where I am in life. But, uh, but at least I can say that I'm trying to bust my rear, trying to get out of the stage of life that I'm in. Hmm. Um, but yeah, there's always something I can improve about myself. Uh, me, I have me and uh, we've had him on the show before, Anthony Brent. We like to go to conferences outside of our district, and it's actually very interesting. We went uh, just, uh, in fact, I came back yesterday. We went to uh, Beaumont for the uh, Beaumont Winter Youth Convention. Oh, okay. And uh, very good service. Victor Jackson preached, um, and then we left the following day to the disappointment of some people there. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, but uh, very popular. It's different because you have a chance to kind of hit the reset button on like your reputation or like how you're perceived by people mm -hmm. by going to a different district where nobody knows you. It's like no pre preconceived no notions. No preconceived notions because I didn't go to youth camp with these people. Yeah. And so they don't know what I was like then. And so they don't see me now as like a kid back then. Yeah. And so you, you create new friendships and then, you know... <laughs> it was San funny. Antonio. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. Me and Anthony, we, they, we kind of felt like celebrities because we hung out with some of the people we did la uh, last year when we went. See, that Josh needs to be the Josh that comes back to San exactly. Antonio. Exactly. And it's it just, I'm trying to build my confidence, you know. And then I met, I met this one, uh, like I, I, I met, met up with one girl that I already knew. And then she had a friend, and this is awkward if they're listening, actually. But, but I'm just like, oh, okay, you know. I want to try to, like, meet new people, you know. Yeah. Try to put myself out there. I can't, I, can't mo I can't whine and complain about being single if I'm not actively trying to um, go out and meet new people and, and try to put myself out there. Glad you're working this out right now. Yeah, <laughs> this is like, like a, yeah. like a bitty. Right yeah. It is. Twenty nineteen is gonna be so different, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but maybe I'm be maybe driving there's... less weed dealers. <laughs> um, I swear. Oh <laughs> how I do intend on having a pilot license, um, and then I'll decide from there whether I want to keep pursuing pilot as a career. You'll be the most versatile lawyer, lift driver ever. It's like And that's the thing, I do feel like I am very versatile right now. Yeah. But like versatile as in I'm not even a jack of all trades. I'm like what's a step below Jack? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Tradesman. <laughs> I don't know. But see I, I think that like for me, um, 
doing this podcast with you has been very interesting because it's, it's like a passion project for me. And we've been learning along the way. I mean, I mean, just a couple of minutes ago, we were like, yeah, even this <laughs> troubleshooting the tech on recording this. I mean, I hope you guys appreciate our episodes because there's work that goes behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, and we really try to make sure the audio is fine. We we literally spent two hours today. Quality software. Doing quality control. Yeah. Quality investigation. Because we care. <laughs> <laughs> We actually care about things that we do. Like we want to do a good job in whatever we do, right? Yeah, yeah I remember, and I, I remember this quote. It's not like profound or anything, but it was uh, Gordon Ramsay. Uh, someone like yelled at him. They're like, "Why are you so angry all the time about food?" He's like, "Because I actually care about how food tastes. Like I actually like a good food. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it, you understand his passion mm-hmm. when you recognize that. Like people just look at it from a distance. They're like, he's yeah. just nuts." Yeah. So we're just a angry chef in the kitchen. Yeah. And look, man, if they're if you're listening and you're in the same boat as I am, and you have no idea what in the world you're going to do when you grow up, I, I guess take this as an inspiration. <laughs> Not to say that I've done anything that's inspiring. I don't think I have. I'm just. You Maybe know, you're not the on. only one thinking that that. You're not the only one, yeah. Well, I mean, I I was talking about this the other day. Can I? Oh, you know what? I should plug in um, uh, someone's blog. Who's? Uh, Jocelyn. Oh yeah, she was on. She's got a guest. Uh, Check out the episode. uh, I believe it's called "She Means Business." Yeah, she means business. I think it was like episode four, maybe or three. I can't remember. Dude, we've done a lot of episodes. I yeah. I've lost count. Speaking of retrospect of 2018, and I'll get back to that plug, by the way, but, um, man, we had a, quite a year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we actually, you know, like, a lot of people start projects like this, and then it just, like, fizzles out. Like, fizzles out, yeah. Like a balloon just deflating into the We've head. actually kept at it, man. Yeah. And I am looking forward to 2019. Like, I'm pumped. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready for this thing to, like, just... That's skyrocketing. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, Jocelyn has a blog. I think. Right? What's it, what is it called? She said what? I think. Uh, Joe said what? Yeah, Joe said what? Yeah, so Joe she actually put up an article the other day that I really enjoyed, and it was "Do what you love is utter crap." And I was like, "Oh, okay, you got me. That's a, that's a good title." You just drew me in, right? <laughs> and it kind of talks about what, you know, and I, and I encourage you to check it out. It's on Tumblr. Yeah. Um, Joe said what? And the what we were alluding to earlier was the misconceptions that we have about what it means to be successful. Yes. For our demographic, especially because this is like the first time, I think, in any generation where – it's like this social experiment that's been played out where we've been told a certain uh, outcome we were, so we were expecting at this age now. Mm-hmm. You know, I think everyone anticipated they, they were going to be an astronaut on the moon or, you know, they're going to be the next, you know, um, mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos, like everyone. And I think I actually heard that um, freelance businesses have – um, like compounded significantly in the last like decade mm-hmm. because everybody's pursuing that independent 
Yeah. You know, like they want to be the next thing. Be their own boss. Yeah. And, they, and I they encourage they love. Yeah. I think that's good, but it also shows the mentality that everyone thinks that they're going to be their own respective CEO. Yeah. But I mean, to kind of counter that, I need to read the blog. Uh, sorry, Jocelyn, I haven't read the blog. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I need to just kind of counter that thesis, you know, do what you love is utter crap. I've found this year I was trying to find when I figured out it's not God's will for me to go to medical school anymore. I had yeah. to figure out, okay, I need to find something that I'm passionate about because I, I, I need to find some sort of purpose in my life. Okay. I discover flying as a passion. Now, the notion that I could get paid to do that yeah. blows my mind. Like, I would love to get paid to do something that I love, which is fly. Yeah. Well, and to be fair to her article, you know, she does talk about, like, pursuing passions. I think that's important because I also agree with that. Like, I yes. think just being realistic, like, you know – being like having the reality of adulthood collapse on you and suppress all your passion and dreams. Like that's not good either. Even getting paid to play music at my church. If that was my profession, I would be content because I like doing it. Yeah. But I mean, you have to think about this and I'll let you get back on the vein, but this is kind of the perspective I take it from because what we've been preached so often is the phrase, not only like do what you love, but um, you've, you've probably heard this a lot. Like if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life, right? Uh-huh. Um, yes, and so right. you do work. Yeah, you have to work. You there. You have to put some, yeah. you know, some sweat into what you're doing. And I think people get this misconception. They're like, well, I'm good at music, um, you know, so I'm going to be an artist. Yeah, and and if if you are paid to do something that you like doing, like music, stuff like that, you are blessed. Yeah. Right. And and I and we're not doubting that you are putting a bunch of hard work. You have to. These people that are doing music stuff, some of the more harder workers, hardest workers I've ever seen. Yeah. They're constantly improving their craft and, and mastering their craft. Um. And so, working hard and doing what you love, doing what you love, are not exclusive. Mm -hmm. You know, you you can do what you love. Um, it's very difficult to do what you love, get better at what you love without work. You know. Yeah. The only thing I combat about those phrases, because there's a lot of um, baggage with you say that phrase. Like people have these conceptions when they hear it. Um, but the biggest thing is, is, is that when you say that or you're a person that says that I'm pursuing my dreams, and especially because we live in a social media society, and I know we don't like to talk about it so often, but like people preach this on Instagram, like, you know, I'm doing what I love and you should too, like as if the implication is, you know, you I should. don't have the fortitude to pursue my dreams or I'm just like too lazy to do and it's just like not everyone can be an Instagram model or that is a mistake trying yeah. to compare yourself to someone who's Instagram famous. Yeah. Because um, they uh, may not be as successful 
That's what you would think. It just appears that way. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, and it's very short-lived careers. Um, and it and it passes away. And it's not like easily obtainable either, because like some people don't even consider the fact that um, a lot of people are born into. Oh, and gosh, I don't even want to say because that would open up another um, can of worms. But like you know, there I, I do believe in in elements of privilege. Like you know, you're yeah. born into a wealthy family, or you're born people, into there. There's inequity in in the population. Yeah, that that is a fact. You know, it, there. <clears throat> and then that kind of goes into a whole other conversation. Yeah, that's kind of what um, I was. But people are given better uh, hands yeah. than others. Some people have to work harder to get to where people, to get to the kind of lifestyle people are born into. Yeah. And that's just the nature of the beast, and it's tragic, and it sucks. But what are you going to do, whine about it? Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that does also doesn't give you the right to like demand things or have the, pl- lay- the playing field be leveled out for you yes. on your behalf. Yeah. So I don't, I, I agree with that, but I think what bothers me when you have people at the top that didn't push through as much mm-hmm. to achieve what they've achieved. And yeah. then they, you know, make the implication that you're just not pursuing your dreams. You're not pursuing your passion. If you do what you love, you know, yeah. And you'll they're never giving bad advice yeah. based, you know, because they're not in a similar situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think we have so many people living by that. It's like, oh, I really am not pursuing my passion, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, I do it. I do think it is important to have a passion, have something that gets you out of bed. Yeah. You know, um, have something that will challenge you and will push you to to uh, be greater. Stamp collecting. I don't know if stamp collecting really <laughs> pushes you. I can't. People like that, but it doesn't. All right, let's let's go back. <laughs> Find a passion that will like challenge you, I guess, yeah. and like make you better, and uh, will test your limits and will bring adversity to you, because that fulfillment will make everything worth it yeah like right now for pilot i'm just trying to get to where they'll let me fly solo and and i'm having issues uh correcting some things before they're comfortable me doing it less barrel rolls and no more somersaults (laughs) really simpler things but but like that's that's basically what I'm caring about is just getting that first solo flight. Yeah. And then that feeling when I take off and land by myself, only me in the plane, it's just even when I'm like thinking about it, it just, you know, pumps me up. Uh, and it's going to be worth it. Just whenever I'm able to fly my dad you know, around for Father's Day, that's going to make all of the challenge worth it, you know? Yeah. And so you have to take that approach to things, you know? Even what I'm doing in the music department right now, um, 
the fact that, you know, I've taken on a little bit more responsibility um, has made the few years where I, I didn't feel like, you know, I felt like I was dumb and, um, you know, not caring enough. And it made all of that struggle and all of that adversity worth it. Yeah. Because now I'm here. And, and, uh, and again, I believe 2019 will be that year where I can look back and think 2018 was worth it. Because I got to tell you, 2018 was one of those years where I'm like, thank God it's <laughs> over. Make it stop. You know? Yeah. Um, and so I believe 2018 is was one of those making years, formative years. And there's just quite a bit of sleepless nights, frustrations, anxiety. Um Asking God, if, am I gonna have a Pauline ministry? Am I even gonna get married? <laughs> or like, or like, God, am I even supposed to have any career? Like, what, what do you want me to do, God? Like, am I supposed to be ministry full time? I guess what I'm willing to do that, and, and I do believe that is in my future. Um, it's just trusting God with these transition years. Yeah. And not feeling like so much of a loser because I'm not, I don't have a career and I'm not living in my own place and I'm not. Um, well, a lot of that, I think a lot of people, it, it seems like not to sound so grating or anything, but like almost self-imposed. I mean, because a lot of people look at success in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you are a, you know, well-formulated individual and you're pursuing something that challenges you and, and builds you, yeah. you know, that's something that should be looked up, looked up at as like, Hey, look, they're, they're improving themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think too often we compare ourselves against these kind of like imaginary, just imaginary rubric system. just like, you're supposed to be these things at these at these different age levels. And you're supposed to have these amount of things. And mm-hmm. It's like we've tied Amer- the American dream with, you know, success. And it's like even if you have all those things, are you really truly a a well formed individual? Yeah, so I think people just get that sometimes. I mean, you can fool the <clears throat> the financial system. You know, and there's people that come to like sudden wealth and. You can get the house, the garage, the two cars, and house, wife, and dog, and two kids. It's like, is that success? Yeah, and that's interesting. Um, Because to me, my my, uh, view on what success is has definitely changed. It's definitely took a turn. I had a view of success at the beginning of this year, and by the end of it, I've had a totally different one. Um, I'm successful if I am doing what I've been put on this earth to do. Yeah. It's just that simple to me. I want to fulfill the purpose that God has given to me. Um, now, I, I'm pretty ambitious. I mean, I wouldn't have really tried to be a doctor and 
now even think about law school. Like for some reason, I just am ambitious to attain those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, I haven't. It could be a pride thing, and I'm willing to entertain the thought that yeah, maybe I am prideful. Maybe I have too much pride, and I'm not willing to do some of the lower stuff. I mean, but I don't even consider it lower. Because guess what? People who are have been working and not going to school, they're more successful. They're more financially stable than I am. They're married. They're, they're living in their own place. Yeah. I'm just like, man, I wish I could do that. But you, your decisions have consequences. But yes, I am ambitious, and I had to come to grips. Me and God kind of had a wrestling match one day, and I was like, God... If this ambition that I have is keeping me from your will, please take it away. And then God was like, who do you think put that ambition in you? I was like, duh, it was me. Mm -hmm. Like, I put the ambition in you. Don't blame yourself, you know. It's just, how do I apply it? How do I channel it? Am I going to channel it to building my own kingdom? Or am I going to channel it to furthering the kingdom of God? Hmm. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. Um, I need to channel it to further the kingdom of God. I just don't know what that channel is yeah. yet, and I just need to wait. And so right now I'm just kind of applying ambitions to things that I enjoy, but I don't want to. Um, I don't want to commit to something long term um, until I know for sure that it is my calling. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think success is? It's still it's still evolving, man. I I agree with you that you know it should be our aim to do the thing that God predestined for us. You know, there's there's this plan that He has and this ultimate calling that He wants us to achieve, and that's what I believe we should aim for. You know, that you're uniquely talented, you're uniquely gifted, equipped to do a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in the process of finding that thing. I think we all too quickly like to jump on a certain age uh, time frame in our life that we're supposed to achieve that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why for me, the, the idea of success is, is evolving over time because it's, it shifts when you're younger, I think, and this is kind of where I'm transitioning in my life now is when you're in high school and you can dream up the biggest future for yourself, success is just like, you know, what everyone else kind of stereotypically says. It's like you're just going to be super wealthy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then you get some wealth and you get some money and you're like, well, this isn't really satisfying is this really all success is, you know? And then now you start shifting on the thoughts of family, you know, what kind of, and I like that question you said earlier, uh, or the introspection about like, what kind of date material am I, mm-hmm. you know? And so now as I'm getting older, would uh, I date me? Yeah. Jordan Peterson says something that was pretty funny. Um, and I like, I like the idea behind it is that when you raise your children, you should, uh, raise them in such a way that you would not dislike them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and no one really thinks about that. You know, you want to just be individual, uh, let people be who they are. And then when you look at yourself and I 
you know, loosely taking that phrase and applying it back to myself and mm-hmm. saying, you know, what kind of individual do I want to be? Do I like the individual that I am? You know, mm-hmm. am I, um, you know, exhibiting these personalities or these traits that I thought I, I should have? Or mm-hmm. how does that contrast against what I thought I should be right now? Yeah. So it's shifting, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, I'm pretty okay with my personality. I think my personality is pretty dope. I think it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're calling me sweet? Oh, nice. Uh, sweet of you. <laughs> I was channeling my Josh voice there, but <laughs> that was way off. <laughs> um, I, I actually think I'm a cool dude, and, and I'm just trying to figure out why why people don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you think I'm cool? People? Come on, people. It's so yeah. simple. It's right in front of your eyes. <laughs> I'm like, I don't get it. You're looking straight at the awesomeness. And it's funny, you know, some of these girls that I post off that, like, about how they're single and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, really? Like, you haven't considered me? Yeah. Well, that sounds kind of pathetic. It's like, do the math. <laughs> Like you're single, I'm single. Uh, hey, hey, you know, I dig you, you dig me. Yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, next year I would really like to date, and and then I've really figured out why having a wife is really good for a man, and why a man should want to have a wife, and why a man needs a wife. Because said that a little bit. Uh, you repeated yourself a couple times there. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Twenty nineteen's got some big goals for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I, this is stuff I've been thinking about like all the time too, and so I'm just kind of regurgitating. Yeah. Stuff that's been bouncing around my brain. But I mean, that's so important. And I think a lot of people can glean from that, that you need to think of yourself as a, an individual that would want to be potentially married to. Do you, you know, like a woman should be able to look at you and say like, yeah, that is marriage material. Yeah. And I think you have to emerge from that mindset because when you're younger, it's all kind of like superficial things that draws people together. Yeah. And then unfortunately people never grow up and they just stay in that mentality and dating is just skin deep right but i need i need somebody to push me you know what i mean yeah and i'm pretty good at pushing other people too (laughs) like it it would just be nice and and the whole sometimes sometimes i have an ideal mindset of it yeah you're married you could tell me whether i'm like so misguided or naive or what but just like the thought of Knowing that I'm like sort of in the beginning stages, I'm like building a foundation of what my life is going to be, right? Mm-hmm. Like having somebody there for that, and then we're building it, and then we can experience the end product together. Yeah. And just go back, wow, look at look at what God has done. Look at what we were able to accomplish. Yeah. You know, like that that motivates me a bit. Yeah. Even even from an individual standpoint, like just trying to build something so you can look back on it and like, you know, I was able to do something. 
Yeah. I, I want to be on my deathbed and look back on my life and, you know, say like, hey, you know, I was a left a legacy. You know? Yeah. No, I think I'm learning that now. Um, I've been married now three years. And uh, it seems like it just flown by and it still feels just as new. So I don't know if it ever like you ever get that sense of time passing and you feel like you've been married so long. Um, but I guess three years is, is still kind of a short period. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is. I don't want to sound generic, but it's fulfilling. Knowing that you have that partner that is. 100% committed to you. It's something that I remember the Sibley said, and it's lost in relationships today, is that when you marry that right individual, you always have that individual that you never have to look over your shoulder or be concerned about them when they're not in your, mm. with you because you're so committed and trusted to that person that like they can literally be on the other side of the world and you know in your heart like that kind of bond is... Um, yeah. It's unreal. It's hard to articulate even. And so, yeah, I think that people should aim for that. But when you're in that space, because I remember I wasn't like quite a dating person per se. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I'm not even, I'm probably not even a good um, candidate to talk about like the woes of dating. I mean, because it kind of happened just so naturally for me. But I think when you are in the dating mindset, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I wasn't on the dating scene very long. But, um, like, you're looking for, you know, and, and this shit shows that your, your your mindset has shifted. But I think, on, in general, most people look at superficial things. Like, they want to satisfy something that's yeah. immediately gratifying. They're like, oh, I, I want to feel um, fulfilled for this brief moment where, like, yeah, I had fun with somebody. You know, we had entertaining conversation and I don't know it, it it's different when you're when you're married I think I think when you're I think as you mature you you kind of move on from superficial stuff to more um, you know meaningful stuff not you don't necessarily throw away the superficial stuff like I still want to marry someone I'm attracted to but well yeah of course um, but it, it becomes you what you start looking for uh, becomes more uh, deeper instead of just uh, some uh, surface level stuff like I think essentially what I'm looking for and ladies you can you know write this down and, and see whether you can check off check off the boxes Josh's um, checklist (laughs) (laughs) write it down ladies (laughs) um you know i am i'm ambitious i would like for her to be ambitious like career-minded i'm not a i'm not really that into now not to say maybe in the future i would be but like a stay at home like a, a woman that just wants to get married and stay at home i'm not into that um, hmm. um, oh, I, personally, I would like to be able to make enough to where the 
my wife could have the option to stay at home with the kids. Now, obviously, like the kids is involved, like stay at home. Like, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna look at you negatively if you want to stay at home with the kids. I think that's. You want to watch our children? How dare you buy a bunch of kids? You need to go out and make more money <laughs> so you can buy these kids a PlayStation. Yeah. PlayStation Eight or whatever. One for each. So they're not like standing over so each other. Play online. Mom said it's my turn to play. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone who's funny. Yeah. Too. I like laughing. I like someone who can uh, kind of dig at me. Like my friends, like my closest friends, like roast me all the time. Yeah. And it's very uh, to people who don't know us. It's very. Uh, Born, um, and then sometimes I make the mistake of making new friends and treating them them. like a close friend, (laughs) and then they're not my friend anymore for some reason. I don't know. It's like, yo, what up, buck teeth? (laughs) Whoa, deepest insecurity. (laughs) Just put it out there. Yeah, but because. My close friends and I can do this because we tell each other we know our insecurities. We're very open with each other, right. and uh, that's that's sort of our way of coping, I guess. Humor. Yeah. Um, it's different with guys. It's different with guys. Yeah, that's true. That like, is true. yeah, I, I think we interpret it a different way because like guys insult each other, but like girls. I mean, I guess amongst themselves, at least from what I can observe, because I'm, you know, obviously I can't speak for I can, women. No, I'm not, I'm not calling my female friends, like, ugly and stuff like that. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if you're going to be putting out Josh's list here, you don't want to be like, by the way, I'm going to be roasting you on the <laughs> on the daily. Like, I'm pretty sarcastic, and so yeah. you should know that going in. It's a tough list, man. <laughs> well, um... Is she going to be, like, six foot, or...? Um, no, no. <laughs> um, Taller or shorter than you? Now, see where I'm getting into like. <laughs> I don't think it. I don't think it matters. Okay. Yeah, just as long as I, I can bring around a step ladder. <laughs> uh. The physical stuff really doesn't matter. I don't have like a type. No preferences. Yeah. Cool. Right. Um, Ladies, call in now. <laughs> intelligence is key too. Like, don't be a dumb dumb. Don't be a dumb dumb. But like, I'm tired of, I'm tired of small talk. I like big talk. <laughs> That's, oh yeah. I like talking about meaningful things, not yeah. like, you know, I'm sure, obviously, tabloids, like, and obviously, celebrity culture, just like, ugh. well, not only that, but just like, because I've, I've talked on the phone, I've been in relationships where we've talked on the phone, like, so much the first two weeks, and then after that, we had no idea what to talk about. Yeah. We just like exhausted scored, everything. Yeah, you're like, oh, cool, so, remember how you said you liked... You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, 
I just, I don't know. I'm still figuring it out. Honestly, I'm, I'm not at that point now, but I feel like I'm on my way to the point where I, I don't, I need to, you know what? I actually, I refuse to ever settle for anything below what standards I put on. No matter how like old and <laughs> no matter how old and single I am or whatever, like I don't want to ever have to settle. Yeah, yeah, just okay. because time is running out, dude. So I've been on this fix on YouTube, right? And this is not a comment on you. I'm just saying it's yeah. very interesting. Uh-huh. So there's this phenomenon, right? Of mail order brides, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm watching this documentary about it because it was just fascinating. And the thing was, they were following these men in the United States that are pursuing like Russian women, Czech women, um, and that they were perfectly content with these women to like seduct these or seduct, seduce these men. Uh, I like having big conversations too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Seduct. Your vocabulary is so big. Whoa. Yeah. But um the man, he seemed like he was just you know that tree that people say you climb up and then fall down and hit every branch on the way down? Mm-hmm. Like this dude like he lives in that tree. <laughs> he keeps climbing up it every day. At least in my opinion. I don't know. That's a subjective thing. But he's an old dude. He was like, well, I won't even say his age, but he's older, right? And he had been in one relationship in his life. Mm -hmm. um, And he was like, well, it's about time. I need to get married. And he goes to Russia, and he has all these preferences. And I was like, you know, he started, and it's all superficial, of course. And it's like about height, hair, I mean, if you're ordering a mail-order bride, you're superficial. Yeah, and that was and that's that was what was so fascinating about it was that he still felt like he could maintain that, and then he didn't really have much to offer himself. Exactly, and um, and I I feel like I can't be strict with my preferences and not improve myself either. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you want big conversations, you gotta have things. I need to read more. Yeah. Talk about big things. Talk about big ideas. Um, and then. Of course, um, like I want someone's spiritual state to be either at my level or deeper than my level. Um, Whoa. Honestly, like, like, uh, I don't, I want the ministry to each other to be mutual, not just one person praying for the other, one person encouraging the other. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it is important to be equally yoked um, and and just be at the same spiritual place. Now, I'm not going to even try to diagnose what level I'm at. Um, That's for you to, for somebody else to figure out. I'm not going to sit here and figure out, okay, what spiritual level am I at? Yeah, tier seven. I just want to be able to um, grow spiritually out of a relationship. Yeah, that's important. Only people talk about that enough. I mean, even in Christian circles. 
I don't know, but we'll just see what happens. Now, like everybody says, and it's always the married people that tell you, you know, it's when you're not looking <laughs> when they show up. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like polling um, successful businessmen, how they got successful. It's like you should be polling all the uh, the dudes that have failed at their businesses. It's like the top 1% of businesses that succeed. And then you're like, oh, so you kind of like magically stumbled upon this business and it succeeded for you? Like, yeah. And all I did was, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, it's not the same for everybody. But that's all. That's where yes. we, we we grab our advice from people, and you can't. Yeah, you got to sample. I mean, if you wanted to make it like all scientific, you got to sample like the whole population. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't like that sentiment either. Like when you're not looking for it, like yeah, it might happen for you, or you know, for the vast majority of rom coms. But this, this is real life. Yeah. What you need to be doing, bro, is you need to be going to airports, uh, running. And then just see if there's just some, like, you know, some some girl that's been, like, waiting on someone to catch him at the airport. Like, I made, I made a mistake. Don't go to Denver. Stay here with me. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, music can play and, you know. The show up to can... people's doors with the, the poster boards. Yeah. With the, like, with the writing on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Go to people's houses. Hold up that big stereo. Yeah. <laughs> Siobhan, it's me. <laughs> uh, what else do I would like to do next year? Seems like a big thing you wanted. Uh, <laughs> one of your, your, your top listers right there. Yeah. Um, the financial stuff, of course. So I want to continue reading. Last year, I decided I was going to read a book every month, and I've been doing that, and I found out I really like reading, and um, is reading really cool, and I also really like posting the books that I read and telling everybody how much I read. It's also really <laughs> That's so satisfying. So satisfying. Um, I do the same, but with documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> same effect, but less work. <laughs> yeah. Um... I don't know, maybe do more songwriting. Um, see what I can do in musical musically. It's called TikTok now. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. He wants to be a TikTok star. No, absolutely not. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Just can, I want to get my pilot's license. Um, I'm hoping I get this job. I'm hoping I can start um, start on a ladder towards a career. Um, um, Ministerial-wise, I mean, I don't really know what I want to do ministerial-wise, much less um, how to get there. I'll just try to be cooler with Jesus, you know? Try to Hang out with them more. Hey. Yeah. Those are some good goals, man. Yeah. Um, 
What do you feel like you did well in 2018? I know we kind of talked about. Yeah. Um, what are some successes or some some notable things that you want to take with you from 2018? Well, I, the, the fact that um, the fact that I didn't just like shut down and fall into dark depression as easy as it would have as easy as it has been uh, to do that. Um, the fact that I'm still standing, st- yeah, still standing, still, still kicking by the end of 2018, um, I think is something to write home about. Um, I've been a little bit more social. Um, and then the things that I have actually set out to do, I've stuck with, um, podcast, pilot. Um, you know, what I thought was really interesting was, um, when we had Lulu on the show mm-hmm. and Lulu talked about how she was challenging herself to be out more outgoing as far as like, you know, when people invited her to go to different things and we commented, you know, she she's said, like a, she said she didn't want to apologize anymore. That's something that I've been working on yeah. in the last couple. And, and not that I'm trying to be like abrasive to people and just like straight up, you know, like, Hey, I don't care what I say, but I think when you are so transactional about mm-hmm. apologizing, you really start, it really loses its meaning when you are truly apologetic. Yeah. And people just kind of throw it out there. And I think I had become so accustomed to just be like, at the, almost at the end of any statement, you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you really don't mean it anymore, and it allows people to kind of just walk all over you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, man, it's so transformative when you have to start thinking about, like, am I really apologetic about this? Or yeah. is it like, no, I stand on the decision I made. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm not wanting to say that just to satisfy you in the moment. Yeah. Um, so that's been a huge thing that I've been working on, um, cause people will take advantage of it. They hear you say mm-hmm. it enough and it's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think this year, um, uh, I've began to, uh, embrace the struggle and embrace the adversity. Um, because I understand now that. Um, it's going to be beneficial in the long run. Yeah. And the fact that I was that I was able to um, move beyond the just lip service of, uh, you know, caring about the will of God, and uh, and actually move to action and demonstrating how much I care about the will of God and how how I'm wanting to give up everything. Yeah. It seemed like everything. Looking now, it wasn't everything, but the fact that I was able to do that, I'm, I can, I, I take godly pride in that. Um, and it's, and it's uniquely personal to every individual where God will call you to make sacrifices, you know, because it's, you look at some of the, the stories of some of our earlier you know, trailblazers in the faith, you know, their sacrifices were like, man, I can't even imagine, you mm-hmm. know, um, 
but God will call you to carry, you know, your own personal burdens. That that's what's going to challenge you in your relationship between you and Him. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, even what seem may seem like the smallest thing to others may be the biggest sacrifice that you have to lay down um, for for uh, your relationship with Christ. Um, that and that's just. Uh, you, you don't too often see people that actually go that route. I think it's very easy in modern Christianity to kind of um, carry on. You know, we don't very often get challenged in that way where we have to lay everything down on the line. And so that is a huge thing. To be able to say that that God will put you in that place and you have to make a decision, mm-hmm. you know. So I want to believe that, and if if God ever places me in that position, that I would make yeah. the similar choice, um, you know. So that's that may be a, a goal of mine in 2019, just to be ready in in such a state of my relationship with God that wherever God may call me ask of me that I would be willing to do that mm-hmm. without any hesitation. And, um, you know, that's not always very easy to say, even though people may publicly want to say that, you know, like that's just the inclination for most Christians. It's like, yeah, I would do anything. Yeah. You ever see that old, um, it had Mr. T in it. I can't even remember the title of it, but it was an old, like, the Huh? No, no, not the A-Team. It was actually a Christian movie. Um, it was about the, the end times. And people were basically having to take on the mark of the beast. Left and Behind? It wasn't Left Behind, because it was, it was much older than that. I think, I want to say it was like 80s or 90s. This yeah. is one of those like... It did have Mr. T in it. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. T was like, I pity the fool take on the mark of the beast. <laughs> 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 Mr. T. Mr. T. Come on, man. Why did I even bring that up? There was a reason I did. Oh, yeah, because the whole sentiment was prior to, um, you know, everything, the apocalypse. Yeah. Right. Everyone was willing to say, like, yeah, I would lay my life down like, for, for the cause of Christ. And then when they started questioning everybody, do you believe or, you know, take this mark? Yeah, that they they made emphasis in the movie to be like you know these people that said it weren't willing to say it then you know like no man frankly I think about this a lot like am I at the place where I can martyr myself hmm I have I don't think so no no I mean of course you can never really tell until you're put in that situation but yeah. Holy cow, I don't think so. Yeah, Lord, please. I mean, uh, that would be so tough. And we actually have the luxury to ask, to to think about, like, can we martyr ourselves? Like, we have that luxury where it's just a thought experiment. Yeah, and it's not like a (laughs) very real reality. It has been and still is for so many people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just being honest with myself. I don't know. I don't know if I have. 
think I like my life too much. Well, that's, I mean, it's being honest, though. It's being real. Um, I don't know. The thing that uh, I kind of noticed the other day, you know that scripture where it's, and they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony? And then everybody just like, that's when they stopped reciting it, but it right. continues on. And they loved not their lives into the death. It was like, they didn't love their lives. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, loving your life is not a, um, it doesn't matter whether or not you love your life. Um, I'm trying to think of a way to like phrase this, but you, the fact that you're an overcomer has no bearing on whether or not you love your life or not. Like if you don't love your life, you're still an overcomer. And if you love your life, you're an overcomer. But we like to think based on, oh, is my life going well? You know, to, as to judge my spiritual state, Mm. my spiritual well-being based on how well my life is going and based on whether or not I'm happy with my life. Right. So things are going swell. So obviously, you know, I'm in favor with God and all is, all all is, you know, chipper and good. Yeah. And then, but these guys, these overcomers didn't love their life. They were unhappy, (laughs) but they they were still overcomers. No, we would always say it's like, well, you have to be happy, you know, you have to take joy. And I think in reality, there's times where you're not, you're not exactly happy about where life has taken you, but that doesn't mean that you're not an overcomer. You still have that same. Yeah. I might challenge that though. Okay. I might challenge the, uh, the interpretation of that. Cause I have heard that scripture and that's one of the, the, uh, Kind of the unfortunate things about the versing of the scriptures. That's not a that that's a more modern um, fixture of, of the Bible. People don't recognize that, but the Bible is just like a set straight was initially written as just a, a huge set of texts for individual books that were compiled into the the Bible that we have today, yeah. and then someone had the bright idea of making it easy to reference it by separating it into verses. Yeah. And people build their theology off of like one or two separated verses and then, you know, mm-hmm. collapsing them into others to make some thought. Yeah. Um, and like the whole chapter that was about like the dragon and the woman yeah. battle and stuff like that. So like for me, just on initial hearing and I'd have to do more study on the scripture myself, but I, I feel like, that it's just showing a contrast to saying like you are not an individual that would love their life more than right to yes. some extent. Not to say that they were dissatisfied with life because it doesn't really talk. Well, I mean, on the condition of like, there's a difference between being content and being happy. I think true. Um, it, I, what I took it to mean is that their life wasn't going well. Right? They didn't have a good life well sure well e- either way and, and, and what i'm kind of pointing out is that description now. yeah what i'm pointing out is that that might in, be more interpreted like not what the condition of their life was or what they believed it to be but more the 
the condition of being alive, like living and breathing was not as important yeah. as. So uh, apparently loved um, as in the sentence, and they loved not their lives until the death. Mm-hmm. It comes from Agapo. 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 Okay. And then um, basically what the strongest thing says is, um, to welcome, to entertain, to be fond of, to love dearly, uh, when it pertains to persons and it pertains to things, to be well pleased, to be contented at or with a thing. And so you could take it to me, and then they weren't well pleased or they weren't contented at their life <laughs> or content with their life to the death. And, and the, the point is, is that we base around our feelings of how our life is going, and we judge our spiritual state based on what our lives are doing. Yeah. I have like limited trials, limited tribulations. So therefore I'm that much closer to a successful walk in relationship with God. Like things are in a yeah. better state. Yeah. As opposed to like considering the fact that God may want you to be in, you know, yeah. sour conditions and that God, you know, your relationship still could be intact. Mm-hmm. It's not like a, a reflection of how spiritual you are. Yeah. Well, because I think a lot of people think that way, and that if I understand the vein of what you're you're talking about here, I think people make that comparison to judge if they're living for God well enough, based on whether or not they're content with their life. Yeah, you know, like I have. You know, I have a wife, and I'm happy and satisfied with my work, and I don't have any trials and nothing big going on. So, like, obviously, I'm good spiritually. Yeah. And it's like, it's not obvious. You know, you may suck spiritually, (laughs) for lack of better theological terminology (laughs) here. Yeah. You just suck, bro. Um, The Lord is not with you. How did we get on that tangent? I don't know. Oh, our goals for 2019. Yeah. Uh, what were your goals? And I mean, it's, it's all. Yeah, that's always one of the more common ones. Um, I just want to be more consistent with that. So I was on a good vein, um, but I think one of the bigger things, I and mean, we had Aaron Davis on the show. It shows you how much I'm learning from our podcast. Yeah, we've <laughs> learned a ton. Uh, Aaron kind of, you know, very briefly we talked about like eating and I, I had this mm-hmm. same thought that he presented. And I think a lot of people do, especially when you get closer to, you get a little bit older is that like food has an effect on you. And when I was younger, I used to just, man, I could down food mm-hmm. like nothing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I want to be more conscious of nutrition because I'm feeling it, man. I'm just mm-hmm. like, yeah, that corn dog or that you know the chili dog just yeah has ramifications <laughs> you know? so it's like you know i want to be more conscious of, of, of what i'm putting in my body and, and more so than just conditioning the physical body but i want to actually be i don't know if i would go full out vegan or anything like that but um i've been more conscious about it and actually thinking about like the content of food so mm-hmm. there's that uh, financially, I've made some of the same kind of. I've been doing that more 2017, a little bit in 2016. So I just want to 
keep going. Keep going with it, man, and actually start seeing some of the fruits of that. Yeah. Um, as far as like investing, because that was a you you talk like everyone talked about that when we were growing up as like this like loose foreign idea that eventually you'll get to at some point. Mm-hmm. And everyone has this uh, like at least for me, I conjure up an idea of like some like fat wealthy millionaire, mm-hmm. you know, and he's just pushing his money out to different stocks. It's like you should to get to that point, you have to start now. Yeah, you need to start in high school. Yeah, and it's like start putting money away. Put all of your graduation money into a fund. Yeah. There's so many things, and I'm just now wrapping my mind around all the different options and how to be, uh, and then just managing your money. When you start managing your money, and this is just something I'll throw out there that like kind of blew my mind, and I'm only just now seeing this, but when you start looking at where the money is going and calculating every dollar, you'd be so surprised um, how much of it, it gets wasted, mm-hmm. you know, and how much more you could be doing with that money. Um, I think a lot of people get carried away with, um, there's all these systems built for us, mm-hmm. you know, like you need to, tr- you need to get around. Here's a system for buying cars and it's common. You know, like, I know like a lot of my friends are, you know, we, we graduated college, got a good job, and then everyone's like, all right, time to get that BMW you'd always dreamed of. Yeah. Um, and it's so easy because you, you walk into the dealership and they're like, boom, sign here, and it's all yours. But then when you start to contemplate how much money you're spending over time, mm-hmm. you know, you calculate the interest and what you could be doing with that money instead, it's like, wow. I would like to be able to pay cash for everything. Yeah, well, I, I want to be in that place at I some point. I hate monthly payments. Yeah. That's where I'm at right now, man. And I'll tell you, that's one of the things I'm... Well, it might be a bit premature on on the vehicle thing, but it, it, it encompasses my whole goal of just being more financially fit mm-hmm. in 2019, just being more conscious of it. And I, and I just want to encourage listeners, too, like, I don't have any tangible things that you can do right away, but the first immediate thing that would be a huge eye opener from anyone is just assessing every dollar. Yeah. Figuring out where it's going because for me, the, one of the biggest expenses that I didn't even recognize was eating out. Oh my God. People don't recognize that you spend like hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month on just that cheap, you know, $12 meal you thought you were eating at Chili's, it adds up. Yeah. And it's the biggest expense so far in my life. Yeah. I, 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 I looked at one month and realized it was 50% of my expenses. I'm like, what am I doing? I don't even really like Chili's that much. You know, so it's just all getting food. Yeah. It was all food. So that opened my eyes. And so it makes you more conscious when you sit down at the table or you're contemplating do I really want to go and eat here or do I want to just do this instead and then a good way to kind of force yourself to budget um, if you know you lack discipline is to set up some sort of um, system where a certain percentage like 50 bucks 100 bucks every month goes to a savings account yeah. automatically and then you never see it or you or you set it up to where um, it takes it out of your paycheck 
And so yeah. you never actually see it ever. Um, that way you're saving money without thinking about it. And then you automatically budget yourself by, because you're basing your expenses on what's in your checking account. Yeah. Um, and so maybe you need to set up a, um, I mean, I'm not, maybe a mutual fund, an IRA, maybe, yeah. um, maybe get started on your 401k. Actually look at that, right? You know, yeah. if you're like employed and you have a 401k, yeah. You know, and what do they do? Do they match? And like, how much are you contributing towards it? You know, actually learn that stuff. Because yeah. um, I am, I'm learning it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing because most people don't even, um, they don't give, I think Dave Ramsey says this, like a mission for your money. Like your money should be quantified that so much of it will do this and so much of it will do that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like, you know, cash grab. Just like, I need money now. Okay, because I want this thing and I want that thing. And Christmas came. And that's another thing, man. Christmas just obliterated um, people's bank accounts, I'm sure. Yeah. My, my, um, one of my managers at work, he uh, kind of casually said that, you know, we're all expecting Christmas bonuses, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, He's like, oh, yeah, usually when my Christmas bonus comes along, that helps me to kind of uh, come to terms with what I spent during Christmas time. I'm like, like you're counting on it, and you don't even really know the value. Mm-hmm. You could come up with nothing on your Christmas bonus. Mm-hmm. It's like people are very casual with their money. But anyways, finances is obviously a big thing. Um, they want to travel more. I mean, with me, I'm just trying to get enough money so I can travel. Yeah. Yeah, and that's part of it. I think when you're in a good financial state, you can make decisions like that. You know what I mean? And so that's why I want to start there and not start at the you know other end of the cart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the horse is behind me and I'm just like whipping away. Oh, God. Let's get there now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, those are kind of the simple things. Otherwise, it's just um, the introspection thing. Thinking more about who I am as an individual and, and do people, like, more so than just relationship. Like, yes, I, I want to be a better husband to my wife. You know, I hope she thinks I'm pretty great already, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, am I a good individual? Um, in the areas that I serve, am I a good leader? Am I a good teacher? You know, am I a good mentor? Mm-hmm. You know, am I someone that people would want to be mentored by? <laughs> yeah. So um, it takes putting yourself out there and learning new ideas and yeah. investing into yourself intellectually and spiritually. Right on. 2019, I'm feeling very good. Doing very good. Dude, I'm very just, good. I'm pumped for you, bro. Pumped for me? Yeah. I'm pumped for you. Dude, what? Yeah, dude. What is my tattoo sound? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I've never seen that, by the way. Well. 
Um, but yeah, man. So 2019, looking forward to that. And uh, with the Apple podcast. Be, it's going to be 20 soon. Dude, 2020? Oh, can you wait till 2021? Like everyone's going to be like, you know. Going back with the, uh, uh, um, what are those called? The flappers? The fl- <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> flappers. <laughs> Speakeasies. <and> yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah. roaring 20s. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. But uh, listeners out there, 2019 is also, I think we got some big goals for the After Church podcast itself. For sure. We're looking forward to some new guests and um, just putting out some really interesting content. Yeah. We had some excellent guests in 2018. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the more, um, I mean, it's a good year to start. Sure. Yeah, right. I would not. I would not have thought um, we, we would be. I, I would have thought we would have quit by now. Just yeah, like, oh, we've had some stuff. Yeah, that was fun. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but people actually liked it, and like it's like we tapped. We we tapped a nerve or something. Yeah. Well, that was what blew me away was the response that we got. Yeah. You know, like I know that a lot of people can be pretty cynical sometimes, and sometimes they'll just be straight up with you. They'll just tell you, like, yeah. Like but, even with the first episode or the first couple episodes that we um, that we published, the response was so great. Yeah. That we we're just like, holy cow, you know? Yeah. And they were rough, man. I remember that was so funny that like. So quality has improved. We've gotten better equipment, which was fun to see the progression of. Um, and then, like, how we conducted ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of want to go back and listen to it all. Oh, yeah. Well, I've, I've been doing that, actually. It's it's, uh, it's fun. It's fun? <laughs> yeah. That's one thing I, I know I want to improve as far as, like, goals for 2019 for the After Church podcast. Uh-huh. Um, you guys are so much more, like, felt behind the mic. I don't even see that, like. I can't articulate. <laughs> um, I mean, I can articulate stuff better. I, it, I'm not so good with big words. You know. Yeah, there's the words stuff. It's difficult. Yeah. yeah. Justin Ballot will get you. <laughs> when he's on the mic, it's he's like... Oh, he is a rammer Nazi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get that guy on a podium and... You need to start lecturing classes or something. <laughs> 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 Professor Balot. Yeah. We can have him on again. Yeah. Um, we just, we want to hear your feedback, guys. That's what we want. Um, if you're interested on coming on the podcast, let us know. Um, yeah. if, if you want certain topics talked about, let us know. Questions you got? Yeah. Revisiting a subject. I mean. Yeah, sure. So you can DM us on uh, social media. Mm-hmm. Um, ladies, you can DM Josh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, guys, guys! I'll never leave you on read. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Okay. He sees that and he. I acts. respond promptly. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's just an emoji or something. No, Actually, you know what? You don't use emojis at all. I don't really use emojis often. Yeah. 
I like I'm my GIF game is on point. Or actually, yeah. I I've heard it's GIF game. No. Uh, apparently, someone sent me a video of the creator of that, and it was a GIF that said it's pronounced GIF. What does GIF stand for, by the way? Like generated image uh, file or something like that. That's actually just a, my guess. But there is, I saw a video and it was the creator of it that was an, accepting an award. And uh, and he was like, it's pronounced Jeff. So the, <laughs> the name or what it stands for is a graphic interchange format. Yeah. And so I would think based off graphic G stand for graphic, a hard GIF, you know. GIF. GIF, you know. And I like GIF better than GIF because GIF is peanut butter. <laughs> and, and then Juicy like Moms. Jiffy. Yeah, the Jew Jiff. Have you been getting this? Or you know what? I'll just save that for after the podcast. <laughs> and then start talking about like technical issues. <laughs> like, your Wi-Fi going out lately lately? Or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. I hope uh, you know we're all struggling together. We're all trying to become better versions of ourselves. Yep. So take the time to look back on this year. Don't be so hard on yourself. What did you do right this year? You did a lot right. Thanks. I'll talk to our audience. Oh. Yeah, you got a lot to improve, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what did you do right, you know? What do you want to do next year? And then how are you going to get there, you know? Map it out. Map it out, man. Make a vision board. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, get out of here. Talk to you next time. The voicemail I just left. (laughs) Talk to you next time. Hey guys, hope you liked the episode. Uh, We just wanted to let you know that we appreciate your support, and you can support us even more by liking our Facebook page, following us on Instagram, uh, sharing us to all of your friends, and making sure they know that they could find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We would appreciate if y'all rate us and review us on those platforms. And if you want to be a guest on our show or if you want a specific topic to be talked about on our show, feel free to email us on theafterchurchpodcast at gmail.com.